Hello? <coughs> Perfect. Uh, yeah? Welcome. Uh, this is, uh, the, not the Ween cast. We haven't been there for a while. Did we ever officially announce that on here? No. I want to scoot your chair a little forward, too. You seem really far away. Ah. Uh. Yeah, we're the screen weans, because we wean on each other's screens every day. Oh, yeah. Oh, so how was your week? Eventful with uh, eventful. the work hours? Yeah. I put in my notice, so I only have three weeks left there. But, uh, yeah, I got stuck on a 32-hour shift. Oh, my God. And then I had to go in last night, even though I wasn't scheduled. And then I'm going to have to go in tonight, even though I'm not scheduled. Because somebody's just the worst. <laughs> Yeah, what the fuck? Yeah, but almost done. <laughs> yeah, holy shit. Should yeah. be, that should be like a horror movie. Like it yeah, that's my idea. A, it starts off with a sane person and they like work this job that overworks them and they like go jack torrents throughout like while they're putting in their <laughs> notice. They're like, all right, I just have three weeks. I can do it. And the film like starts relatively around there and then uh, just... That three weeks is a descent into madness. <laughs> That'll just be the documentary on my life. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I had a pretty eventful day yesterday. Dope. I went and saw Tyler, the creator, live. Did you get to meet him? No. You went, hi, Tyler. And he went, hey, Thomas. I wish, but no. That didn't happen. That's not even his real name. Thanks. Garth. Oh, is it now? Yeah. Okay. Garth the Creator. Garth the Creator. Well, his last name's still the Creator. Oh, of course. Of course. Uh, that was pretty cool. I also uh, I had an elderly neighbor that I had to call like an ambulance for. Because I was like on my way to go like pick up Lucero for the concert. And I just see this old guy like laying down in front of his car across the street. And I like looked around and I'm like, Anyone seen this other than me? So I went over and you kicked him. I went over. Like, hey, you okay? Like, yeah, you all right? And uh, attempted to help him up, but uh, he like hurt his back. He's like, I, I just need you to call nine one one. So I called nine one one. Sat there with like five minutes for the fire department to show up because they live like right down the street from me. And nice. uh, and then they put the hose on him, put his fire out. Yeah, of course. Uh, <laughs> And then, uh, yeah, I went about my merry way to the title of the Creator concert. And, yeah. and he also had brought, hurt his back, and you had to call 911 again? Uh, he didn't hurt his back. Okay, so I, I think yesterday I just caused a shit of, <coughs> like, people to have, like, uh, like, bad medical problems around me. Because I, so, I'm standing against, like, a fence at the concert, and there's, like, a girl, like, Kind of like to the side of me, and I and had like elbow her in the face. No, I had my back to her, and I just like suddenly hear like all this commotion from behind me, and I turn around, and she's like seizing out because there's like a bunch of strobe lights going on, and I guess she was epileptic and didn't know it because when she came to, she's like, "That's never happened to me before. What the fuck?" Jesus Christ! Like, but just that, like, turn around, and there's a whole crowd of people like down on the ground right behind me. I'm like, "Oh, what the fuck?" Scooted over a little 
And then Tyler, he was dancing on stage, and he said he, like, pulled a muscle or something, so he sat down on the piano. And he pushed, he looked at you, and he pointed at you, and he said, It's a witch! I was like, huh, how did you know? He ran away. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, you'll never catch me, Tyler the Creator! You'll never guess what else I did this week. You bought Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Uh, I don't know if I have the deluxe version, but I have Mario Kart 8. For the Switch? Yeah. Yeah, it's the deluxe version. Because 8 was originally on the Wii U. Ah. Uh, uh, but, no, I watched, well, I bought, I bought a new, like, 4K TV. Nice. And then, uh, I finally watched a movie that wasn't part of the weekly picks. Which one? Uh, Spider-Man Far From Home. Oh, what'd you think? I thought, I Overall, I'd say I enjoyed it, but it had a lot of problems. Yeah, I really liked it, but that first post credit scene bumped it up for <laughs> me. That, see, I'm, I'm really conflicted. I'm going to have to see what they're going to do with it. Yeah. Because I've, I've got a lot of, like, personal gripes because I really don't like that this Peter Parker is nothing like the Peter Parker Tony from the McGuire. comics. Because I like... The fact that, like, Peter Parker is always, like, struggling. He's always on the verge of, like, losing his house. Uh, he's trying to, like, not only keep himself afloat, but his Aunt May, because his uncle recently died. And that that was another thing. Like, I thought the uncle was going to be more relevant in this movie, because the trailer, like, showed, like, his name on the, like, suitcase that he was taking. Yeah, Uncle Bartholomew. Yeah. But, Uncle uh, Tony. No, I guess he's just never going to be mentioned by name, and it's just going to be Tony Stark. It's going to actually turn on. out that... Um, Which I don't like, because I like Uncle Ben's death, because it was kind of Peter's fault, and it taught him, like, oh, yeah. responsibility, but, like... Yeah, that seems great in Spider-Man 1. Oh, yeah. With Tobey Maguire. And everybody go watch the Spider-Man trilogy. You should. Woo, Tobey Maguire! Uh, the third one is mixed. Is mega good. It... It's got its moments. Uh, like the whole runtime? I agree. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I don't know how I feel about a Peter Parker who's not poor, has access to like the entire like <coughs> Tony Stark's like satellites and all of his like data and information and technology and. That's now like, he's now he doesn't even have like the secret identity, which is such a huge, a huge fucking part of yeah. what makes Spider-Man Spider-Man. Like that's I don't like I'm okay with that I guess at least for like a movie. See, just because like I want to see what they do with it I, because I, of it. I'd be fine with it because like stuff like that has happened in the comics before. But I think it's just, like, way too fucking early. And I, I have a gut yeah. suspicion that they're going to, like, just be like, yep, we're going to just have Peter Parker known from this point on fully. And it's just like, I, I don't I don't like that personally. I mean, I'm, I'm willing to go into it with an open mind and still, like, enjoy it. But, like, I pretty much, like, it's not going to be my perfect Spider-Man movie. As far as I'm concerned, yeah. Spider-Man's not home yet. Yeah. Yeah, he's far from it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but I probably gave it like a 6 out of 10. Yeah, I think I gave it a 7. But like a light 7, low 7. I'd, I'd give it like a high 6. Yeah, but there, I'm pretty I'm pretty sure we're like 0. 0.4 or 5 away from each other. I also hate that he just like... He doesn't gave, have the hair. 
that, and he, like, gave the... Spoiler alert. Uh, he gave, gave the glasses. Yeah. He was a little too stupid in the movie. Yeah, and it's like... Oh. I would have been okay with it if they had, like, more scenes together first. But I'm just like, dude, you've, like, barely known this guy. Yeah. And it's like, oof. Uh, what else? <laughs> he should have tricked him into thinking he was Uncle Ben. Oh. That would have been pretty cool. See, that's another thing. Like, you could have had, like... Mysterio should have been Uncle Ben. Yeah, yeah, because like when he does like the like mindfuck thing, it's just like Uncle Ben. He's like, "It's your fault, Peter." That could have been like, then Peter would have been like, "It should have been Tobey Maguire." Oh. He should have played Uncle Ben. What the fuck, Disney and Sony? Get your goddamn shit together. That's why when Disney and Sony have the big altercation or whatever, and like Sony's like, "We're not going to give it back." I'm like, "That's good." <laughs> I, I think, because I think the worst parts about this new Spider-Man are its ties to the MCU, usually. Like, like I, Tony Stark shouldn't have been a part of Homecoming. I can see what you mean, but I think, like, Sp- Spider-Man could bring a lot to the MCU in the future. Yeah, I just think they failed with it. Yeah. I'm saying. Like, the execution of it. There's a lot of things that irk me about it, that's for sure. But I, I still overall, like, enjoy them. I'm, yeah. I'm going to continue to watch the Spider-Man ones. Spider-Man 3 is better than every movie in the MCU. Uh, Presentation-wise, I would agree with you. Yeah, like, does it... I'm trying to think. What are the good dance scenes in the MCU? Guardians of the Galaxy 1? Yeah. Uh, That's it. Guardians of the Galaxy 2? Yeah, but it's, it's not as good. Uh, yeah, it's not as good. Like, one might be kind of good because they do it as the climax of the film. So it's kind of like, yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think. This good. <coughs> I mean, uh, I almost thought Thanos did a funny little dance. But then I remember that was probably just like Fortnite. Hulk dabs. Hulk dabs. That's kind of like a little dance. Yeah, it's a, it's a really short dance. But I guess it counts. Uh... That's, I think that's the problem with MCU. There hasn't been enough dancing. Yeah, that might be it, honestly. Uh, Kevin Feige, step it up. Yeah, buddy. What are you, directing a new Star Wars movie? How great would it be if, like, they get, like, a league, like the League of Villains in uh, the MCU? I don't know what that is in Marvel. Uh or I, I guess it's, like, the Dark Avengers or something. I know, like, Norman Osborn, like, leads some shit like that at one point. Uh, I don't know. I'm not super well-versed outside of Spider-Man. Yeah, I'm like, I know the Sinister Six, and I don't know any other uh, villains besides, like, Galactus. What if Galactus dances? That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, what if they get Stan Lee's reanimated body to dance? Like, as a puppet. They probably, like, recorded enough audio. and like, They probably have his body, like, in the Disney headquarters, like, on a puppet thing. They don't even need it. They can just Bob Iger is like, <laughs> but Yeah, they could be using him like a marionette. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, that was the, my rambly thoughts on Spider-Man Far From Home. Uh, overall, I thought it was pretty enjoyable. I, another thing I didn't like, I didn't like the final credit scene. I was like, oof, that kind of subtracted from any impact that I felt between Nick Fury and Spider-Man in the fucking movie. But, 
aside from that, it was alright. It was enjoyable. Um, but yeah, what did what did you watch this week? Um, not a whole lot. Let's check. Let's checkaroo what I watched. Um, I watched Little Monsters, the new Hulu movie that just came out. It had a small theatrical run. Uh, it has Lupita Nyong'o in it. You know her? Not off the top of my head. Uh, she's in, like, 12 Years a Slave. She's in the MCU, I think. Uh, is she the one who plays... Uh, she's in Us. She's okay, in yeah, Us. yeah, yeah. I know who you're talking about now. No, she's not in the MCU. She's in Star Wars, that's what I meant. She's Maz Kanata in Star Wars. Okay. But she's great. Um, Little Monsters is... Remember my idea the other week about a teacher that has to hide children from a zombie apocalypse? Yeah. That's literally what it is. Oh, and nice. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> but this is more of like, it's like a, it's a comedy, and mine was like a super series, like, oh god, hide the children. Um, it was okay. It had Josh Gad in it, too. He was pretty funny in it, actually. Like, it was, it was a decent little film. Some of the jokes didn't land. And uh, there was a subplot that was, like, a romantic one between her and, like, one of the main characters. I'm like, this is annoying. Yeah. It didn't really flow very well. It was a little forced. And I'm like, this main character's an asshole. And, like, he learns a lesson, but he's still, like, not the worst, but close to it. Yeah. I hate, like, love plots that are, like, just feel unnecessary to the movie are, like, the worst fucking things ever. Like... That's probably, like, my biggest pet peeve. Because I'll be, like, watching a movie, and then suddenly they'll just be like, oh, romance, when it has, like, the subject matter and the tone of the film have nothing to do with it. It's like, do, do you really need the main character to hook up with, like, the one other female character in the movie? It's funny. Yeah. Um, what else did I watch? I watched... Oh, I watched Dumb and Dumber. Oh, yeah? With Shia LaBeouf? That was the worst thing I've ever seen. (laughs) That was terrible. Did you like the chocolate scene? No. That was really (laughs) bad. What about the scene where they're, like, slurping slurpees and they get, like, brain freezes or whatever? You have to drink it fast. No, I didn't like that one either. Uh, What about the scene where uh, he's in a, like... What, like, what about the scenes where they keep using the slur for gay people? Do they do that? Yeah. I haven't watched this movie since yeah. I was like six. They do it a lot. <laughs> and I'm like, what the f-? Uh, And it's just out of nowhere. Huh. The F1? Yeah. Uh, and I'm just like, this doesn't add anything. <laughs> or what about the scene where he like makes a hot tub with his farts? Does that happen? He's like down in like an under. It's like a sex fantasy, and then he gets like a jetpack or something. Oh yeah, yeah, that does happen. Yeah. <laughs> no, that movie was just a fucking mess. But then I rewatched Surf's Up. Oh. And I'm a big fan of that movie. Uh, I didn't really like that one when I was a kid, and I haven't wow. gone out of my way to watch it since. It's great. That also has Shia LaBeouf. I know. I guess I was just in a Shia LaBeouf phase without realizing it. Um, 
Yeah, that's about all I watched. I wasn't really. I was busy, crying and working. <laughs> Me too. Plus, <laughs> I'm not feeling too well. Yeah, there's like a bug going around. Oh. Oh. You want to get into this question from Pierre? Yeah. Okay. Let's dive right in. What do you, how do you feel about movies that use a licensed song, for example, in Spider-Man 2, when Raindrops is playing on Peter's montage? Like, I guess, do you like licensed move songs in films? Uh, it really depends on the usage. Yeah. Uh, like, that. that's a good example. Uh, and I liked it when it was first executed in, like, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, mm-hmm. uh, which is a great movie, I don't know seen that one not yet no uh yeah it depends because like there's a lot of movies that use like licensed songs nowadays where it's just like yeah we're trying to get this movie like a hip hot selling soundtrack specifically like kids movies too like they'll just like target like pop a bunch of pop songs i don't like stuff like that but if it's like got like a purpose and the director like felt like he really passionately wanted to use the song in the film. Like, for instance, uh, uh, there's a movie called Mommy, directed by uh, Xavier Dolan. Or yeah. Xavier Dolan. I haven't seen that and, one, uh, but I've heard great things. They use a lot of licensed songs in there, mm-hmm. and it's like uh, the main character had like a mixtape or a mix CD that was made by his dad who abandoned oh, him. Oh, like Guardians of the Galaxy. Yes, except... It's like the same movie. Except that was his mom. Oh, fuck. They came out, like, the same year, too. 2014. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna... Xavier Dolan should have directed Guardians of the Galaxy, and James Gunn should have directed Mommy. Probably not. I don't know if that would have worked very well. No, I think licensed music can, in some ways, work better than, like, a regular orchestral score, like, in some cases. Yeah. Like, Baby Driver, I don't think would have really, like, worked. Yeah. because the whole point is he's listening to licensed music. Exactly. So if he's just like, time to play the score of the film. Mm. Especially if like the lyrics are like relevant to what's going on in yeah. the movie at the same time, too. Uh, that's like a big stick. Like if I'm like watching like a, <coughs> like a movie and they have a song that comes on, I'm like, what the fuck? What does the lyrics have to do with anything going on in the scene right now? Uh,. You know what movie I... I think the movie was... Or the music was made for the movie. I'm not entirely sure. But you know what movie I hated a lot of, like, the licensed songs for? Into the Spider-Verse. Really? That was, like, my... Like, I, I didn't huh. I didn't like the use of I my, really like that whole soundtrack a lot. I did not, hmm. personally. I did, there were some tracks I liked, but not all. Thomas hates black people. I do not. <laughs> oh, do you think, what song do you think would improve Eraserhead if it was inserted? I know it is impossible to fix that trash fire of a movie, but please play along. Ha ha ha. Probably like something from like, that's like real kind of like folksy indie. Uh, like he likes, 
uh, putting a lot of that, like, in Twin Peaks The Return. They have, like, bands play at the end of episodes, and some of them are, like, folksy. Mm -hmm. Some of them are kind of, like, more electronic, but they're all, like, really, like, cryptic lyrics. So probably, like, something by, like, Chromatic or, uh, like, Au Revoir. I can't ever fucking pronounce that. Uh, Au Revoir Simone. God, I nice. I can't pronounce that phrase. I'm um, sorry, everyone listening at home whose ears are now bleeding due to my horrible pronunciation. I think that, like... I don't know, I don't have an example of a song that would fit with it, but I think that there would have to be sung in-universe. Like, I, I think, like, a performer would have to sing it. I don't think inserting it would work. Yeah. I would think that they would need to do, like, a cover in-universe, if that makes sense. Like, the lady in the radiator singing. Like, yeah. something like that. Somebody would have to actually be singing. Uh, I don't think just inserting it would fit with the tone of the film. Yeah. Uh, fun fact, the song that the radiator lady sings, uh, In Heaven Everything's Fine, uh, the Pixies do a cover of that. They do, like, the Where Is My Mind. Hmm. Popular from David Fincher's Fight Club. And a shit ton of other things that have, like, covered it and used it again since. Like Sucker Punch. Sucker Punch. Yeah. Nice. By Zack Snyder. Nice. You could say so. You love that guy. Sucker Punch isn't a very good movie. I really liked it when I first saw it, though. Uh, I, I was got, like 13. I got like maybe like 10, 15 minutes into it and then kind of just got bored. I was like 13 and I'm like... My PPR and lots of ladies. <laughs> <laughs> that seems That's like that movie's perfect for thirteen year olds. I think Zack Snyder's movies for the most part are perfect for thirteen year olds. Yeah, for the most part. Yeah. Thank you, Pierre, for your question and yeah. your un uh your undying admiration of everything we do. We're going to be selling our dirty socks soon, so get ready to pre-order those. 20 bucks a pair. Yeah, I guess we're doing that. Yeah. I guess. I don't know. I'll I sell my bath water. water. Uh, you can buy my gamer girl pee. Uh, Why is your pee brown? Uh, because I drink a lot of other gamer girl pee, which uh, pollutes my gamer girl pee and makes it a little darker. Don't worry. It's a little perfectly stronger. Now. Yeah, it's... It, it's just prime gamer girl. Yeah. Uh, if you keep making it stronger, then eventually drinking it will turn you in too into a gamer girl. <laughs> uh, isn't that the dream? To become the gamer girl. Uh, all right, London. You want my movie idea? Yeah, what's your movie idea? Okay. So a guy gets stuck on shift. Oh, <laughs> just kidding. Um, uh oh. No, I had one this morning. I'm so fucking tired. Um, <laughs> no, I'm using that because I can't remember why. God damn it! I was gonna use that. No. A guy gets stuck on shift uh, for 36 hours, and then when he tries to leave, he finds out that he's been snowed in. <laughs> Oh. And he can't leave. So then, and then nobody can come and like take his place. So he's stuck on shift for like five days straight and then ends up killing himself. 
sounds like quite the horrific movie. Yeah. Uh, let's see. What would my movie idea be? Uh, hmm. Let's see. All right. There is a slime monster in the sewers that's going around and it's eating people, but it can like shape shift into people and like blend into society or something. I don't know. Spooky enough for uh, October. So what is it? It's a movie about a shape shifting slime that absorbs like Slimer. And it could be the Slimer origin story. Yes, okay. and uh, it gains, like, the knowledge and, like, sentience and oh. consciousness of every person. And then he becomes a librarian. Yeah, it falls in love with somebody, but everybody it falls in love with, it ends up just absorbing, it. and it's like... It's like the blob, but a love story. But the more people it absorbs, the uglier it becomes, and more, like, monstrous, and then eventually, like, all the, like, different parts just, like, and, like, split apart, and it's all gory and shit, because it's a horror movie, I guess. Or a love story. I don't know. It's something, though. It's a pretty epic tale. I love it. It's it's genius. Oh, thank you. It deserves an Oscar, I think. Uh, me too. You're like the Joker. Am I? Yeah. I, I haven't seen the Joker, so... He does know. a dance in it. I, I've seen the dance. He does multiple dances in it, actually. Well, I've seen the dance from the trailer. The <laughs> I saw a tweet that was just like... I hope Robert Pattinson's Batman movie has the Joker in it just dancing and then the Batman just beating the shit out of him. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm, yeah. I'm excited for Robert Pattinson's uh, Batman movie. Yeah, I love him. Yeah, like I think he can probably do some great no stuff wrong. with the role. It, I won't say no wrong. I haven't seen almost any of Matt Reeves' films, so... I saw War of the Planet of the Apes, the, the last of the trilogy. I like that one. He Maybe dr- it's because I only saw that one. He, I think he, he directed, directed the, the second one. The second, too. which I've heard the second, I've heard the first two are pretty well received. My opinion, the first one is of that trilogy. The first one is the best one, and it's the one that's done by a different director. And then the second one, it. I still think the second one's like pretty good, but it is really generic like every generic <laughs> turn it could take like that you would expect the story to take it takes it's like wait are these actually monkeys and then <coughs> yeah that <coughs> i only saw the third one once i've seen the other two a couple times but uh yeah it it was pretty bad it, it's just like everyone just got like slightly worse and then the third one was just kind of like I liked what it was going for, but something in the execution was just off. I'd have to like rewatch it to like fully grasp what like it was. Probably, I don't know. It just Caesar was a little bit more prone to anger, hmm. and I guess his family died in like the first two minutes of the movie. But Julius Caesar, the guy who made Caesar dressing. Yep. And what the cesarean was named after. What does the fox say? Because it means to cut. Are you a fan of what does the fox say? No. Why not? 
because I Secret have of dignity. the Fox, an ancient mystery. Uh, what does the fox say? Uh, it says, Chaos Reigns. Chaos Reigns. <laughs> okay, let's jump right into Vampire. 1932. Uh, Carl T.H. Th- uh, Dreyer? Yeah. Theodore Humba Dreyer. Yep. Uh, this movie was pretty pretty good. Yeah, uh, pretty good. Pretty short. Uh, yeah, it's pretty short. Very quiet. Not, not much really happens in it. Yeah, I was surprised. We're probably only going to talk about this for like 15 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so basically... Uh, there's a dude who's into, like, fucking the occult kind of shit. Yeah. Like, he likes, like, satanic worshippers and witches and, like, studying shit he's like that. He's like, I'm kinky. He finds himself in a random town, and he finds himself at a local hotel that he stays in. He gets scared by some creepy old man. Uh, and then uh, in the middle of the night, he's sleeping... And some old, some other old dude enters his room and he's like, she mustn't die. Uh, and then he's just like, what the fuck? So he goes to like snoop around the town and see what that was about. He ends up finding some like disconnected shadows of like workers, a guy with a peg leg and some dancers. And then uh, he ends up I think this is where he first meets the doctor, but he meets like a doctor inside and he like, hears like children and animals like wailing. And then he's like, Hey doctor, did you hear like the kids crying? And the doctor's like, well, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't hear any kids crying. And then, uh, turns out that doctor is, uh, working with the old vampire lady that lives in a shoe. She lives in a, she, like, sleeps in a coffin, but it looks like she lives at the hotel. Yeah. And I'm like, why don't you move your coffin over? Yeah, just, uh, you gotta... Think about how long the walk is. You gotta just put some of that soil on the ground, because they say, like, some of the old vampire myths, like, they have to, like, sleep with their coffin and, like, they're made of soil. Ah, uh, uh, true. So maybe it was something like that. I don't know. Maybe I'm just filling in the blanks with my own shit. Yeah. That's uh, good. Yeah. What movies should make you do. Exactly. Uh, the less a movie tells you, the better. In some cases. In right? I'm not just being facetious. D- dependent. <laughs> uh, let's see. And then he ends up finding the house of the guy who like came into his hotel room and told him that she mustn't die. Uh, his daughter needs a blood transfusion. So, the doctor who we met at the hotel is there. Yeah, he looks kind of like Mario. Yeah. If, like, Dr. Mario was, like, creepy. It's like Mario X, like Dr. Wily. Yeah. Like, Uh, if they had their baby, and then the baby turned into, like, a physician in, like, the 1800s or wherever it's set. Yeah. Uh, And so, yeah, so he... He's like Alan... Your blood will work, and so... Alan! Alan, come here! Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, that happens, and it turns out he's, like, been, like, poisoning this girl instead of giving her blood. And taking Alan's blood. 
Yep. Yeah. And uh, then, oh god, oh, what is it that happened? Because I watched this like a week ago. Uh, <laughs> oh. Yeah. What happens? Uh, vampire. Because oh yeah, uh, the shadow shoots the dad in the house. Oh yes. Uh, and then the daughter. Uh, the one who needed the blood transfusion, like, ends up, like, just, like, walking out. And she gets, like, bitten by the old lady. Yeah. Bitten by the old lady. Uh, so now she's kind of cursed. And people are like, oh why is she so sick? Yep. And so Alan teams up with, uh, some guy. I don't remember. I think it's like the doctor's servant or something. Or? Yeah, something like that. It's just kind of a guy that shows up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, he has like this dream sequence. Uh, like, yeah. Too much Molly. Too much rolling Molly has yeah. a dream. Where he's like in a coffin and he's like being like observed like by the doctor who's doing the blood transfusion, the vampire, old woman, and like various people. And then he wakes up, they go, they like find her uh, like tomb and they like, you know, drive a stake through her heart and kill her. And her body turns into a skeleton. And then a giant head shows up and attacks, uh, the uh, old, like, the house with the daughters in it, I think. Is that where it attacks? Or no, it goes to the hotel, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's the hotel. And it kills, like, some of, like, the bad people there. The bad people. Because uh, I'm pretty sure the head is, like, the ghost of the dad who died. Yeah. Uh, and then... It's kind of like in Mystery Men. How the the bowler, she has her dad's skull in a bowling ball and it's like magic and it goes around and kills people. Yeah. It's like that. That or it's like uh, Dr. Nobi in Evil Dead 2. When, like his head like kind of just pops yeah. up for a little bit. Or like when I die, I'm going to kill you. My oh. head's going to detach from its body and come and eat your soul. Oh. So well, get, get excited. Good thing I don't believe in the souls. Ha <laughs> ha. And I meant the soles of your feet. Oh, you would. <laughs> uh, let's see. Where? Oh yeah. Uh, and then he, the Alan, finds uh, the one girl who needed the blood transfusion. Like walks away with her, presumably back home. I guess they're like in the woods when they're walking. Yeah. Out, so. And that's how the movie ends. Yeah. And it's pretty simple. It's pretty direct. Yeah. I like I like how they kill the, the doctor. How he gets flooded, yeah, with, flooded with sand or grain. Yeah. yeah. And he the dude like the dude who kills him, like I was like, holy shit, Michael Myers? It looked like so much like Michael Myers. I was like, what the fuck? But I would guess. Had no idea. I was. I had no idea he was so old. <laughs> yeah, because well, I. I it's he's like his great grandpappy. I wonder if like this had like any inspiration because I know like uh, it was just like a William Shatner mask that they sprayed like 
white for Halloween. Yeah. So it, it's probably just like a coincidence, but like this looked so much like Michael Myers. I'm like, this has to like partly inspire it. Kind of looked like uh, Mike Myers as well. Oh, just a smidge. I just, I just want Mike Myers to play Michael Myers. You know, <laughs> it'd be great. Uh it'd be interesting. He'd like wear a Mike Myers mask as well, like the they spray paint white. Yeah, it's so like it'd that. be him wearing a mask of himself. It's like that joke in a. Uh, Baby Driver, where they were going to wear the Mike Myers mask. Michael Myers yeah, mask. Yeah, that's a good Mike joke. I'm so, like, I feel like the Halloween masks are, like, so easy to come across, but I've never fucking seen an Austin Powers mask outside of that movie in my life. So. I feel like I probably have seen, like, one, but it was, like, 2005. Uh, when Austin Powers was a big thing. Yeah. We should get, like, uh, like Willem Dafoe masks made. So then we can be Willem Dafoe. We can finally be someone useful. Um, yeah, but this movie... Unfortunately, what they did was they filmed it in three separate languages so that they could release it in three separate times. But to do that, they, they wanted it to be sound, but... They, they shot, like, very little dialogue. Yeah, they wrote the script and had very little, so it yeah. makes some of the scenes... Title cards seem very like, long. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just... Unfortunately, I thought a lot of the film ended up being kind of boring. <laughs> yeah, it definitely... Just because, like... Just because they were trying to do, like, a sound film, but then they're like, oh, no, we can't. We don't have the budget to make all this dialogue in three languages. There are things I did really enjoy about it, aside from, like, that huge glaring flaw, which yeah. is, like, pacing. Uh, I like that they, like, had the vampire be, like, this old woman. Yeah. Uh, it's, she was so sexy. Oh, yeah. Like, the uh, skeleton. Best part. Uh, I like both the vampires. I like the doctor's death. Like, there, there were things that I liked. Yeah. And I liked the movie overall. I just saw it, like... It was kind of boring. Yeah. Which I, I was sad because I was like going into it. I'm like, this is going to be epic. Yeah, I kind of agree with you. This one, like, uh, when it like came out, obviously it didn't do very well. <laughs> there weren't all a lot of fans of it. It's kind of gotten like a cult following over the years because of its like atmosphere. Mm-hmm. And some of like the choices like that. But yeah. Uh yeah, I really don't have much else to say on this one. There's not much like to say, really. Yeah, it's it's a pretty simple film, pretty well executed. Besides the dialogue stuff, and uh, pretty middling. <laughs> yeah, I give this one a six. I also give this one a six. So that means our average is a six. So yeah, watch Ooh. it if you want. You're not. Missing much, unfortunately, at least according to London. So, if you don't want to watch it, no biggie. Yeah, just look up... Uh, watch Orday, though. I've heard that one's really good. Orday and The Passion of Joan of Arc. Yeah, so I want to see that Two, one. like, big other ones aside from this one that I've heard of. Uh, but, yeah. Yeah. All right. Antichrist. Lars von Trier. Uh, that was something that fucked me up. Did you like it? Yeah, I love I, it. Yeah, I fucking love Antichrist. Uh, Antichrist is a pretty uh, just divisive film, unfortunately. A lot of my favorites are like a Serbian film. It's not as divisive as that. Yeah. There's a lot of people that are like, 
Wives Von Trier hates women. Antichrist hates women. And I'm like, no, it doesn't. It hates a single woman. Yeah. I mean, that single woman's idea on women is kind of Yeah, hard. but that's not like Lars Von Trier's. Um, as far as we know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean... Yeah, I haven't seen his other stuff with female leads. Like, I want to watch Dogville and, like, Dancer in the Dark. Well, ju- jumping just a smidge ahead here, uh, because it brings up hatred for women in the other movie of his that we watched, mm-hmm. uh, if you remember. And we can dive deeper into that once we get to that movie. I just wanted to bring up that point. Yeah. But I, I don't think he hates women. Hopefully not. I do think... Uh, he was extremely depressed when he wrote this. He was actually hospitalized for depression, and oh. he wrote that during his. He wrote this film during that. I know he was. So that's why this was horribly depressing. <laughs> Makes sense. I also know he was really, really terrible to uh, Bjork. Yes, which is why I haven't watched Dancer in the Dark, even though it seems amazing, and I love Bjork. Lars von Trier is the reason she quit acting and that makes me so angry fuck you Lars von Trier but also I really like this movie so fuck you again yeah uh wow so so this movie is uh it almost it has only two characters for almost the entire thing there is a son character so there's he she and boy I believe is their like names in the credits um, the boy, the film opens, black and white, orchestral music. Willem Dafoe is fucking a lady. I can't remember her name, but I feel bad because I should at least know the other person in this movie's name. Yeah, because she does a great job. Yeah, she's really scary. Um, Charlotte Gainsbourg. Or Gainsbourg. Yeah. Uh, Charlotte Gainsbourg. He's fucking her. They're fucking. And then the the baby wakes up. He's probably like two and a half, three years old. And he's wandering around. He opens his baby gate. He's wandering around. He sees an open window. He climbs up and he's like on the edge of the window. He's like, la, la, la. Yep. And then he falls. And as he's falling, you see Willem Dafoe and Charlotte coming. Like yep. they're in the middle of like orgasming as their child is dying. Yes. It's beautifully shot scene. Yeah, it's pretty intense. And then... And then, cut to the funeral. They're behind the car. The hearse walking. This scene's really good. Yeah. (laughs) Like, Willem Dafoe's just walking. And he's, like, crying. He's, like, reaching out for the car. And then his wife, Charlotte, she, like, faints. She, like, collapses, faints, starts crying. And then it cuts. And we learn more about them, that Willem Dafoe is a therapist or a psychologist or something, a therapist, I think. Yeah. And he's he's trying to fix her pretty much without actually dealing with it himself, too. Yeah, because it's been... He's being dumb. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with, like, some of his concern. I, uh, I just don't... I, agree I, I with, would... Yeah. Uh, I agree with uh, the doctor who talks, like... She says that, like, the doctor says that a uh, therapist shouldn't, like, be treating his own wife. No. Yeah, and that, I definitely that, agree with that. No, that, that's the point I agree with. I, I, I would have, uh, <laughs> like, Willem Dafoe, because, like, he, uh, the next scene at the funeral, he's visiting his wife in, uh, like, the hospital, and she's, like, he asks her a question. She's, like, I just answered that. And he's, like, that was, like, yesterday. And she's, like, how long have I been here? He's, like, two months 
she's on like heavy medication and he's like this isn't like good for your grief uh yeah and she's like well uh my therapist says i have an atypical mourning process and he's like well this isn't healthy and i agree i probably would have like tried out a different therapist. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. But Which is being like, I know what's best for my wife. Yeah. Even if you're a therapist, that's fucked up. Yeah, exactly. But he takes her home. They, She, like, stops taking some of her medication. <coughs> she pours it down the drain. And they just start kind of going crazy. They go from, like, fighting all the time to, like, fucking all the time. Yeah. Uh, he tries not to at first because he's like, no, this is bad. It's a distraction. But she just is so, like, manic and getting, like, out of hand that, like, sometimes he's just like, oh, fuck. I get fuck. Time to fuck. Oh. Yeah. And, uh, <coughs> yeah, he's basically just, like, <coughs> fucking her and then, like, taking, like, psych notes. She makes points like, you were never really there for us. You were always really distant. And now that I'm your patient, you're really, like, involved with me and, like, paying attention to me because now you find me interesting as opposed to before. Uh, and he's, like, trying to figure out, like, what she fears most. And uh, it starts off because uh, she, she's like, I don't know what scares me. He's like, all right, well, where scares you? And I think she says Eden. Uh, and then... She talks about, like, this cabin in the woods that they stayed at uh, for a period of time without him, uh, her and the son, mm -hmm. where she was, like, doing, uh, like, a college thesis. Is that what it was? Yeah, I uh, believe so. She was working on, like, a thesis or, like, a, a book. Yeah, I think it was a thesis. Yeah. Was so, they talk about this cabin and how it's, like, her greatest fear because it's, like, the last place she really connected with her son or something like that. She keeps having dreams about it. Yeah. So, uh... So they slowly, like, start getting into it just in her mind, like, re retracing her steps, trying to make her less sad about it. Mm -hmm. And then they take a trip there. Yep. That's... And then everything starts to go to shit. Oh, yeah. Pretty much as soon as they get there. Like, the first, like, night's okay, I guess. Like, yeah, cause they're like, okay, they're figuring stuff out. They walk up the hill, and then she, like, decides she needs to lay down, and Willem Defoe, like, goes and walks off a little bit, and then, like, finds, like, a deer that's, like, giving birth yeah, and running well, away. Yeah, the deer had, well, I think it's, it's, like, always like that. The deer just has, like, a dead fetus, like, uh, halfway out of it, but it's just there. Okay. I didn't notice that in the later scenes. Yeah, no, it's still there. Like, when it's laying down, it's still just there, like, against the floor. Yeah, okay. But Yeah, so the deer, and it's, like, looking at him, it's like, whoa! And then yeah. it runs off. And then, uh... Yeah, so they... They go to the cabin. It's, it's pretty much the same stuff. They're just, like, talking... Yeah. Fucking. Doing the occasional, like, game to try to help her conquer her fear. Like, there's one part where they, like, take her out and, like, get her to try to, like... She's, like, afraid of the grass and, like, yeah. the front steps. So he, like, sets up, like, these big rocks and, like, tries to get her to, like, walk from each rock to each rock. Mm -hmm. And, uh... I'm trying to think. Trying, trying to remember what happens here. Because uh, I know at one point 
I don't know if it's like right after the rock scene where they do that, but she uh, like wakes up one morning and she's like, I'm, I'm fine. I'm, I'm back to normal. Uh, but I think some other stuff might happen. They fuck. They fuck. They uh, fuck outside. At one point, he... In a tree. Yeah, they do that. And then it starts zooming out, and it's like, wait, the tree's made of people. Yep. Uh, Did you like that scene? Were you like, what the fuck? Uh, I wasn't like, what the fuck, uh, but I was like, that's that's pretty cool. That's pretty epic. Uh, and then he goes upstairs and reads, like, about, like, her, like, notes on what she was writing. It's about, like, satanic cults and shit, and it just kind of becomes, like less and less legible as it goes on and more like crazy and uh yeah and like at one point he finds a picture of his son like he he finds out that his son had like they had an autopsy on the son just to like check on things to yeah. see if there was any foul kind of his feet they found out his feet were like damaged yeah it was they'd gotten like pretty damaged they'd been like bent the wrong the toes had been bending the wrong way yeah. And Willem Dafoe found a bunch of pictures of him, like, having his shoes tied and, like, the wrong shoe on the wrong foot. And they cut back to, like, the mom, like, tying and be like... <laughs> yeah. And she she also shared this, like, one dream that she had. Or, like, this one experience she had when she was there with the son. Her, it's her dream experience. I don't, I don't know quite which, but, like... She hears her son crying, and she's, like, going in the woods, but, like, she can't find him. And then she, like, opens the door, and he's, like, just, like, sitting there with playing toys, and he's not crying, but the crying's, like, still going yeah. on. And it's just obvious. It just gets more and more obvious as this movie goes. You think she's just grieving, and it's like, oh, no, she's just this is crazy. <laughs> the second she was, like... uh when she was like, I'm, I'm normal now. I'm like, she's been faking this whole yeah. fucking time. Um, <laughs> and then it pretty much goes like that for a while. And then everything goes to shit. Uh, Willem Dafoe realizes that like the thing she's scared of the most, he has like a pyramid of what she's scared of. And yeah. in the middle is Eden, but she says it's not at the top. So he's like, he goes in and he's like, me? <laughs> Yeah. So he thinks it's her that she's the most afraid of. And I and think this is the time she runs in. Yep. It's because he goes out to the barn, writes me, and then immediately turns around and gets hit in the fucking head with a just log of wood. Yeah. And she, they start, like, fucking again. She tries to, like, fuck him again. Yeah. She's like, you're going to fucking leave me. She tries, like. So they start fucking. And then he, she gets up and she grabs, like, a. She like, grabs the wood again. Oh, yeah. It's like a log. And she fucking hits him in the dick with it. Yeah, he passes out from the pain because that fucking hurts. <laughs> and then she jerks him off. She jerks him off, and blood starts spurting out. Yep, and, and uh, that's why I said everyone should watch Antichrist except Lucero because he doesn't like like things that hurt people. <laughs> I told him about the uh, scissor scene. Oh yeah, we'll get to that. Uh, <laughs> what do you say about that one? That makes me, like, a lot of things don't make me physically cringe. That one does. No. Every I, time. I, oh, my God. I was. That's why I told Lucero about it, because I was like, Antichrist is the first movie to make me, like, wince at something. And he was like, I'm like, do you want to know what it is? And he's like, kind of, because he's always asking me, like, what kind of shit unnerves me. And I was like, ooh, that, <laughs> that, that fucking unnerved me pretty good. <laughs> 
Uh, I think the thing that unnerved me the most about it is I just wasn't expecting it to happen. Yeah. And it just kind of came out of nowhere. I was like, oh, whoa, whoa. I was like covering my eyes, but like peeking out just to see like a little bit because I had morbid curiosity and to know when it was over. But uh, yeah, so she, uh, after she hits him in the dick and he like comes blood, she uh, goes. And she gets, like, uh, what is it, a wench? Yeah, she gets, like, a like a giant clamp that's, like, screwed yeah. into something. I don't remember what exactly it is. Uh, but she, she... It's like an axe sharpener. This also makes me... It doesn't, like, make me physically cringe, but it just makes me uncomfortable. Yeah, she, like, she, stabs him yeah, in the She leg. drills through his leg oh, yeah, with, like, does. a hand drill. Mm-hmm. And it's just, like, slowly seeping through. And she's just, like... And then she sticks the uh, axe sharpener, which is, like, attached to, like, this, like, metal rod. And then she, like, takes a bolt and, like, bolts it shut on his leg. Yeah, so and, just, and throws the wrench underneath, like, the main house. They're in, like, a side place right now. Yeah. And then she just walks off. Yep. And then he wakes up. His pants are still down. Like, his dick's still out. He has, like, blood all over. And he's like, what the fuck? He's like, yeah. oh! He's, like, hyperventilating in his yeah. sleep right before he wakes up. Yeah. It's like, oh. He wakes up in pain with a giant... And he can't stand up because this thing's probably, like, 30 pounds on his leg. And, yeah, like, it's going in such an awkward place. In the, yeah, in the bone. He's not going to be able to, like, stand on that. Yeah. And he, like... So he just starts, like, slowly crawling. He's looking for, like, a wrench. He can't find it anywhere. And, like... So then he just starts, like, crawling into the woods... Yeah, to hide from her. And then he finds a little cave. And then she, like, goes back to where he was, sees that he's missing, and then she starts freaking. Yeah, she's like, where are you? You're gonna leave me! Yeah. You fucking dead! So he crawls into this little cave. Yeah, it's like a, it's like a little, like... Like a little, like, burrow. Yeah, burrow. Uh, and there's, like, a crawling sign. Yeah. It's like, hi! And it starts making a lot of noise, and he tries killing it, and it stops for a second. And, and then, then he, he just back. starts, like, smashing it, and it's like, <laughs> And then she hears that, goes straight for the cave, and then she, like, grabs a shovel, and it's like... And she, she, like, tries to just, like, hit him out, and be like, get out of there! But he, like, he gets like, a he, boulder. And he's like, get, get... Well, no, she, she hits the boulder. She's, like, trying to hit him out, and she accidentally hits the boulder, and it rolls in. Oh, I thought he, like... Kicked the boulder over with, like, his good leg. Okay, that, that makes uh, sense. So then she goes on top of the burrow and just starts, like, digging, and it's just burying him alive. Yeah, he, but he's, like, unconscious. Yeah, and he, like, goes unconscious, and then she, like, suddenly, like, switches, and she's like, oh, what have I done? She's, like, being nice again. So then she gets him out, and he's like, I need your help. And so they crawl back to the main house. And he's like, I need the wrench. And she's like, I can't find it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. And then he's like, are you going to kill me? And she's like, well, I can't kill you. Not yet. I need to wait for the three beggars or whatever. Yeah. And, oh, fuck. We you. forgot. The crow is one of them. The deer is one of them. And then In a dream sequence, it shows uh, the fox, who's the last beggar. Technically, it was the second introduced. But he... He's, like, eating, I think, the deer, right? Or he's eating something. I thought he was eating his own genitals. 
It's kind of oh, he was like, eating himself. Yeah. I don't know if it was his genitals, but he definitely was eating himself. Yeah. And then he like looks up and he goes, he chaos says, chaos reigns. <laughs> so it was pretty I guess he's, he's one of the speaking roles as well. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, so then they're, they're waiting in there for the three beggars. She grabs some scissors. She, they, they walk in first, all yeah. three of them, and they lay down together. I'm like, oh, cute. <laughs> I, or oh no, only two of them because uh, the crow is the crow is under the floor yeah. with the uh, the crow is right clamp next to the the wrench to get the clamp off or whatever. Yeah, uh, but she she takes a nice pair of scissors. She starts touching her little puss puss, yep. and then she takes her scissors and just cuts off her clitoris. Yep, <laughs> she goes and then screams and there's blood gushing and I physically cringe every time I watch. I've only watched it twice but I'm like oh I know what's coming I'm like oh, oh. I th- it's probably because how nonchalant it is it's not like anything she just grabs and she's like yeah like like, oh. like I said it had caught me so off guard and they like focus like a good few seconds before she actually like goes through and cuts it so I was just like I had, like, my <laughs> hand up with like my open finger and I'm like oh no no ah don't do it! Oh no, you did it! Oh no! It was, oh, it was rough. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a journey. Yeah. So, uh, basically at that point, he, uh, tries to get that off his leg. He, like, loosens the bolt a little bit, and then he decides, like, fuck it, and just, like, rips it out of his leg. Uh, and then he's, like, fighting with her for the scissors. Because the third, the three beggars are there, and one of them has to die, and then, uh, oh god, I don't remember specifically how it happened, but he kills her. Yes, he he breaks that down, and then he he just strangles her. I think. Yeah, that's what it was. Man, he he really likes those strangulations. Yeah. He loves strangulation. Large von Trier probably has an asphyxiation, strangulation fetish. Uh, every famous director does. Quentin Tarantino has feet. Kubrick has bathrooms. Uh, who, uh, Gaspar Noe apparently has an incest thing that runs through his movies. Uh, so, yeah. Woo! Well, I've only seen two Noe films, so maybe. Uh, one of them for sure had it. Yeah. <laughs> uh we didn't see that particular theme in uh, the other one that we watched. Yeah. Oh. Which I won't even mention the title. That way you watch it and you won't have it spoiled whether there is or is not incest porn in the yeah. movie. Yeah, guys. <laughs> uh, but, yeah. Um, and then he wanders out and, like, it's day breaking. He, he, before he wanders out, he, like, ties her to, like, uh, fucking like a tree verse, doesn't he? Yeah, I believe so. Like hangs her up like Jesus. Yeah, she, she, women are Jesus. Um, and then he wanders off into the woods, and then a bunch of a hundred women start surrounding him. It was a bunch of faceless women, and they're like walking past him, and he's like, they're coming like from the opposite direction, and then it shows like him, and he like turns around and like starts walking in the direction that they all are. Yep. And then the movie ends. Yep. And I really, really like this movie. Mm, and it was dedicated to uh, Andre Tarkovsky. Yes. I still haven't seen any of his Did movies. Did he do Stalker? 
He did Stalker. I watched like the first 40 minutes of Stalker with Tina Taylor, but it's just, it's a long movie and she's not, it's hard for her to watch long movies, so we just didn't finish it. Mm. But the first 40 minutes are really good, so I do want to watch yeah, it. No, I, I, I want to watch like all of his movies. Yeah. I hear they're all pretty good. But, yeah. And I really, fuck, this movie is really beautiful. Yeah. It has really, really great the, shots. So, some of the shots in it did remind me of, like, shit that I've seen, like, from Caps of Tarkovsky yeah. movies. So, uh... It seems like Von Trier is very, like, learned a lot from him. Mm. Uh, Influenced by... Sorry, I can't, I can't yeah. talk to you. I'm very tired. Me too. Don't worry. You're not alone. And I'm sure if the... Listeners are our age. They're also probably tired. We're all tired. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, this movie. This movie is fucking insane. Oh, one other thing that happened. Uh, right before he kills the wife, we get the revelation that she like saw. Right. Oh yeah, it goes cuts back to the beginning scene where they're like having sex, and she's like watching the child as he just, like goes out the window and she like smiles a smile of like content. Yep. Like, oh my god. Um, this movie's fucked up. Yeah, it is. But it's very good. I also like fucked up movies a lot. And I like horribly depressing movies a lot. That's why I like Same. that's why I always recommend you've seen Martyrs, right? Yeah. Yeah. Watch that, this and Serbian film back to back. And then you'll be depressed for your entire life. Yeah, probably. Let's see if you can make it through that night if you watch all three consecutively. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, but um, oh, fun fact! I, you know about this, but Willem Dafoe, uh, his he had a penis double in this movie because Lars von Trier was afraid that it would take away from the film's like tone if they used his real penis because he didn't think people would believe it was his real penis. Yeah. Because it's so abnormally large for a man of his size, apparently. <laughs> and I'm like, that's the greatest thing I've ever heard. Yeah, good for Willem Dafoe. Uh, I'm like, what does Willem Dafoe have, like a nine-inch dick? He must, I don't know. Uh, because the dick in the movie isn't, like, small. It's probably, yeah, no, like, seven inches. Yeah, no, it's a decent size. So I'm like, Willem Dafoe's fucking packing it. Yeah. Must be all that Norman Osborne funny. Probably. <laughs> I'm something of a scientist myself. Oh. He made his dick bigger. Yeah. He used the penis enlarging pump from uh, Austin Powers. Yeah. And he wore the Mike Myers mask. From Baby Driver. From Halloween. <laughs> oh, yes. Halloween starring Mike Myers. Yeah, so, you have any other thoughts on this movie? I think everyone should watch this. Just, you gotta be in the right mood. Yeah, I don't really have any, like, deep thoughts. I'm still, like, digesting a lot of it. Yeah, I feel it. Uh, it was my first time watching it, so I was just like, whoa. Well, that was epic. Uh, but, yeah, no, I'd, I'd probably give this, like, a nine. Yeah. When I first watched it, I gave it a nine. I'm sticking with a nine. I think it's very, very good. Very good. All yeah. the, the acting's brilliant in the movie. Yeah, it is. They're both fantastic. Let's, let's, let's make Antichrist 2, where she's like a ghost. Uh-huh. And he's it'd like, be, oh, I'm going to be alone. Be like ghost mates. Oh, my gosh. 
But. Do you think Ghostmates would have been better if it was Willem Dafoe instead of Ian? Yes. And he's like the ghost, but it's still Anthony from Smosh. I mean, it would have been better. I think yes. Anthony with other people might actually be okay, like as an actor. Perhaps. I I have no evidence to back that up. What if Willem Dafoe was in like a Death Note movie? Man, that would be that really great casting. But only if they underutilized him and had him in, like, three minutes of the whole fucking movie. What if he was in Spider-Man? Anyway, uh, we did watch a third film. You did watch it, right? I did. Okay. This is uh, the latest Lars von Trier film. It's called The House That Jack Built. And uh, I thought it was pretty fun. I liked it. I... I, I was laughing a lot, actually. I Thomas did not like it. I didn't like a lot about it. That's for sure. Hmm. Uh, I didn't. The. All right. So the first scene where we get the visuals with like the scene where he like picks up Uma Thurman. Uh, yeah. That whole first scene is so fucking horribly edited. Like, uh, if you go back and watch it, like, pay attention to, like, the flow and the pacing of the dialogue, it is. Yeah, no, I, no, the first, I like the first scene, like, I like what it was going for, I like the acting in it, I like the dialogue enough, like, that it was supposed to be, like, insufferable and stuff, like, it was like, oh! Yeah. But, no, I agree with the editing. And I think the film, like, was for the most part, edited fine after that. I thought it was mostly that yeah. first, like, uh, because it's it split into five. So the film takes place, it's it's about a serial killer. He's dead. He's getting uh, escorted to the afterlife by Virgil, the famous Roman poet. Yes. Uh, oh, I bought this book by Virgil because of this movie. Oh, nice. So, gonna read some Virgil. And I'm like, oh, I hope he sounds just like this. He might. I don't know. I've never read any of Virgil. Uh, but, uh, and then it just takes place as they're walking through the afterlife, like to the afterlife. Jack, played by Matt Dillon, tells him of five different incidents about, like, how he became a serial killer. The first being, like, the catalyst and the fifth being the last and then the other three supposedly just being random. Yeah. And uh, all of them, except for the wisest, are women. And that's the point that's brought up in the movie. Yeah. We brought that up earlier. Well, I don't know. The third one. Is it the third one? That's children, too. Yeah, the, the, the children, yes. Uh, yes. They were, like, little boys. So I guess they don't count as women, I guess. Yeah. Technically. Yeah. Technically. Uh <laughs> But technically, <laughs> boys are not women. That's correct, Thomas. <laughs> you did it. Um, so the first incident is him uh, picking up Uma Thurman. And she needs... Her car is broken down, and she's yep. a bitch. And her car jack is broken. And she, like, insists that he drive her to, like, a repair shop that he knows about. And he does. And she gets it fixed, and they go back, and it breaks again. And she insists he does it again. Yep. So they do, and then he, or they start to do it, 
And all this time, she's been like, are you a serial killer? Like, she's just being the fucking worst. She's like, oh, you're so ugly. <laughs> like, she's just saying all this awful stuff. But then she says, you could never be a serial killer. You're such a fucking wimp, pretty much. And then he just slams the brakes, grabs the tire iron, or the car jack, and just beats her face in. Yep. Just once, just dead. Yeah, no, I wasn't a fan of any of that opening sequence. I, I, I like the sequence. I don't like the editing, but I was fine with the sequence. I thought Uma Thurman was very annoying. I thought the dialogue was a little too hammy. I thought the camera work was really Yeah, bad. no, I do think, like, I was, I thought there were some pretty good shots in the movie. Yeah. And I thought the camera work was, for the most part, pretty, like, decent to good. But I do think, like, the first whole bit, but at the same time, when I was watching that and reflecting on it later, I'm like, was this intentional? Because, you know what I'm saying? Because everything else worked fine in the movie. So I'm like, did he just purposely make the first incident, like, poorly put together because it was poorly put together? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, because serial killers, like, they usually, like, have messy, like, first couple yeah, like, kills while they're figuring out how, like, their MO. Which, but, I'm fine with that if that was the intention, but the intention wasn't put out clear enough. Yeah. So, like, if that's the case, then he did a good job. He just should have done the intention. Yeah, I'd, I'd argue that his next attempt or, well, his next successful kill was way messier. Way messier, yeah. And but I, it was way better shot. And like, yeah. Also, it was, I thought it was really funny. <laughs> uh, I was just so, like, fucking dumbfounded because I was like, I don't know what this movie's, like, really going for. But it does have a lot of tonal shifts because I think the first two kills are pretty comedic. And then the third is just kind of, like, kind of horrific. Yeah, until he does, like, the taxidermy thing. <laughs> Which makes it funny again. Yeah. Which I... I don't know. I, like, burst out laughing when I saw that. But I'm fucked up and I'm a stupid dumb hoe. <laughs> so the second kill, they move on. Second kill. He He's kind of, like, joint, casing a joint. He sees, like, an old like an older lady. She was probably, like, 50, 60. She's, like, walking home with groceries. And then he he goes to her door. And this is so fucking messy. And he tries to convince her he's a cop. And she's like, where's your badge then? And he's like, oh, it's down at the silversmith. Yeah, and then he... It's it's important to note that, like, Matt Dillon's, like, really awkward the first couple kills. Just, yeah. like, as a person. But as he gets better at killing, he becomes more comfortable as a person as well. Yeah, there's, like, a scene where he, like studies, like, how to portray human emotions. And yeah, there's a couple scenes where he's just, like, and he has a bunch of pictures against his wall. Yep. And he's, like, smiling. He's, like, this is a sad face. This is a scary face. Yep. And I, and honestly, I said this to somebody, but I'm, like, this should have been the Joker movie. <laughs> the I, house that the Joker built. I can't say that for certain because I haven't seen the new Joker yet. I liked it enough, but this was better. I I I did really like this movie. I know you didn't, but but I'm dumb. So um, so then he he does eventually convince her to get inside by saying that he's not actually a police officer. He's an insurance agent, and he 
uses that police officer story as a cover-up to see, like, if people are good people, I guess, and smart. She's obviously very stupid, and he brings that up later. Um, yeah, all the women that he attacks, yes. they bring that point up as well, because he's like, you just had the thing for women that you think are stupider than you, because it makes you feel powerful. Yeah, that's the whole thing. Is like he He's so uncomfortable that he only can like target people that like he thinks are at a disadvantage whether or not like the thing is everyone's at a disadvantage so because he's always sneaking up on them or has a weapon like yeah but he does get his way in he says that he can increase her pension because her husband had died like three months before or something double. by double and I'm like what the fuck and he uh, gets inside and like immediately he's like you know how fucking embarrassing and she's like I'm sorry and then he kills her. What does he do? Does he just he strangle oh, yeah, he strangles her. her? And then she doesn't then, die. Yeah, she's like, because he doesn't really know how to strangle people either. Yeah. So then he's like, oh, what do I do? He's like trying to help her. He's like, I'm sorry. So he gets a pillow, puts it up over her head, strangles her a little more, and then takes a knife and stabs her in the chest. Just to make sure, yeah. Uh, which leads to one of my least favorite scenes in the movie. What, the cleaning scene? Yes. Oh. I love this scene. So... If it had done it, like, once. He twice, ra- maybe. He wraps her up and puts her in the back of his van. And then it's important to note that he's, like, extremely... He has, like, crippling OCD. And with, like, a cleaning. He needs to clean. So he keeps having, like, visions of, like, blood underneath the carpet or, like, under a lamp or things he, like, never touched. So he keeps going back in the house to, like, clean really well. Yeah, and it's funny because, like, we, we the audience, it's, like, saw how much blood came out of her. And it really, like, it wasn't, like, a squirt. Like, it had a little squirt, but, like, it didn't, like, shh. Yeah, it, like, it, it, yeah. it wasn't, like, hitting the head with the mist everywhere. It seemed like it was just a little, like, burst of blood, and it seemed like he got it pretty well, but he's just... Well, he keeps going, going back. He goes, like, under the, the carpet, like, right where she was. You're like, okay, that's understandable. Yeah. He goes to, like, the lamp, and then it, as it keeps going, it's, like, behind a picture frame that's, like, eight feet away. Yeah. I was more okay with it and thought it was funny, just because he kept going further. Like, the last one's... I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> um... And the last time he goes in was literally as he could hear sirens, but he's like, I gotta go back and clean. So then he uh, sees the police is coming, so he like throws her body into the bushes. Into the bushes. And he gets in his... He gets in his van, and the police come up to him, and they're like, hey, what are you doing here? They're like, can I ask you a few questions? And they're like... There was a break in the down the street. As bad of a serial killer as he is at this point in the movie is how bad this cop is. Yeah, this fucking the cop is worse. <laughs> yes. So, and I'm like, good. Lars von Trier gets it. Cops are stupid. <laughs> that uh, cop certainly fucking was. So, he's like, oh, you got a bigger problem than a break in. Cindy's, I don't remember her name. Cindy's missing. He's like, what? He's like, yeah, I've been waiting out here. She said she was going to go get something for me. She just hasn't come out. So then they go in together, and he's like, I don't know where they are. And 
the cop's like, you need to get out. And he's like, I need to help. The cop's like, get the fuck out. And the cop, like, makes him get out. And as soon as, like, the cop turns his back, he grabs the body and just ties it to the back of the van and starts just, like, driving away at high speeds. Yep. And he doesn't notice that this body, it's, like, wrapped in plastic, but its face is just being dragged against the concrete. And there's just a steady, like, trail of blood behind them. Yep. And then he takes... It starts to rain, and he takes it as a sign from God. Yes, he takes it back to his uh, little base, which we didn't yeah. talk about. Oh, yeah. He bought a like a walk-in freezer in like the middle of the city, like off a random road. Yeah. I think it was called like Prospect Avenue, but the sign was broken, so nobody really knew what that street was called. Quote from the film. <laughs> yeah. Um. So. Uh... So he has, like, a walk-in freezer full of pizzas that he's also just shoveling all these bodies into. Um, so <laughs> he unwraps the body afterwards, and her face is just completely off. Yeah. Thought that was some pretty good effects. Thought it looked pretty cool. Yeah, like, this movie has, like, good production value, yeah. minus that minus opening the first scene. Yeah. <sighs> So then, part of this same incident is he goes and he kills another person? Uh, let's see. The third person he kills is the mom and the two boys, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, but he kills another person in the second incident. and he Because this is when he starts to pose them. He, like, remember he drives back to the place? No, that's, uh... Or is that the fourth one? That's the fourth one. Oh. Because, uh... It's the blonde girl. Huh. Uh, she's only in, like, one scene. It's not the one that he, like, has, like, that, like, seemingly, like, longer-term relationship with. It's, like, literally, like, a girl. He's in her apartment. He only strangles her. And then, uh, like, takes her with, puts her in the freezer. She gets, like, frozen in that weird position. And then on the way back to her place, because he's, like... I wasn't satisfied with how the photos turned out, so I'm going to go back. And then he hits the homeless lady. Or, not the homeless lady, but the lady that's, like, walking on the side of the road. And then takes them both over to pose for some pictures. Because another point that we forgot to brought up, he likes taking pictures with the bodies. Yes. Uh... And he starts, and then the, the, the second one is art. the second one is the one where he he sends the picture in, because then he gets the nickname. He gives himself the nickname, yeah. Mister Sophistication. After and this he whole thing is like everything. Yeah, he's he's obsessed with like convincing Virgil that like murder is an art form. Yeah, and Virgil's like, "What the fuck is wrong with you?" He's like, "You're a dumbass." Yeah. Uh, uh. So then it cuts to the third act, or the third incident, yep. where he's, like, taking... He's taking... He's, he's dating this woman, um, and she has two sons, and they go out to, like, a shooting range. And he's, like, teaching these boys how to, like, hunt, or he's, like, hunting, I don't like. Yeah. He's like, I don't like pain. He's lying. Yeah. <laughs> but he's, like, teaching them to shoot and stuff. And everything seems to be going well. 
and then it cuts back to like him just talking to Virgil and stuff, and then it cuts back and like the woman and her kids are like hiding from him. Like obviously something went down, and he's just trying to shoot him. Yeah, and he's like, like hoo, 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 and he eventually does. He uh, shoots the boy first, and, and then shoots him and shoots his like leg off. Yeah, know? and then the other kid like sticks his head up and gets shot in the yeah. head, and then he shoots. He just shoots them all. And they all die. Yeah. Uh, well, before he shoots the mom, he makes her like run. Yeah. Well, he sits them all down and like makes her like try to feed the her feed dead the son dead son. Pie. And then and then he says like, "I'll give you." He starts counting. He's like, "I'll give you fifteen seconds." And then and she doesn't even like get up because she's so traumatized until so, like nine or ten seconds have passed. And then she starts like just kind of walking because she's like, "I'm just gonna die." Yeah. And then she dies. Yep. And, uh, yeah, then he, uh, takes them back, and then he talks about his new, uh, interest with the kids, because, uh, he does, like, the taxidermy thing, where, like, uh, he uses their rigor mortis to, like, pose them how he wants by, like, putting, like, seal wire and, like, making them, like, smile or frown or yeah. whatever the fuck, and Makes so she really he, he looking dead. He gives kid. he gives the dead kid like a Joker smile. Yeah. <laughs> and when it first showed this, I was just sitting in the darkness and I just burst out laughing. Yeah. I thought it was funny. I mean, it, yeah. at least like juxtaposed against what just happened. Yeah. I'm like, oh my god, I have this like pit in my stomach. I'm like, Jesus, that was intense. And then that happens. And I'm like... <laughs> and then it goes to the fourth scene. Yeah. Where he is like, he's been dating this girl for like, he says he had like fallen or he had like gotten strong feelings for her. And, but this whole time he's been lying to her. He has like a crutch he's using. He like pretends he has like a limp. He's like looking all cool. He has like slick back hair. He's like super personable. Yeah. Um, but he's also the worst to her. Yeah, like, I'm like, why is she with him in the first place? This is all poor woman. Because as we learned, her character is not bright. Yeah. Her name is Jacqueline, I think. Simple. And he always calls her simple. Because he's like, because you're fucking stupid. And he like says that to her over and over. Yeah, it's fucked and then And then he tells her that he's killed 60 people. Yeah. And she's like, and he's like, She's like, what do you mean you've killed 60 people? And then he's like, 61. She's like, but you just said 60. He's like, like that could change in a couple minutes. She's like, huh? And then he draws, he's like, will you go grab me a magic marker? She and he does. draws, draws like the like surgeon yeah. cutting marks around her breasts. And she's like, you're weird. Yeah. And then she, like, she thinks that he might actually be like a murderer. So she runs out. This is after they've been drinking. So she runs out of the apartment and sees like a cop and like it's like the guy I'm with says he's killed 60 people and then he wanders out without his crutch and he's like oh, everything she says is right and he just pretends to be really drunk but she's like oh yeah I'm the guy yeah. and the cop's just like this cop's also terrible too like all the cops is genius um, and he's like can you go take him back inside and she does well, no, and, he, because uh, he, he he has that one line that, like, wins her over. Because he's like, and I treat her 
way horribly than I should. Yeah, he's like he. It seems like he's a little remorseful, and she's very gullible, so she does it. Uh, it's also important to note that her apartment locks from the inside, like with a key. Like you need to unlock it with the key, even from the inside. Yeah. And when she ran out, she left the keys in the door. And as they come back in, like you can see that they aren't there. Um, she obviously doesn't notice this at first, and he, like. He's like, I'm going to kill you pretty much. Yeah. And she tries to go through the door. It's locked. And he goes on one of his scary monologues. And she, he's like, you better start screaming. And she starts to scream and nobody will help her because it's a city and people are awful people. Yep. So nobody's helping her. She's like outside the window. She's like, help me somebody. He's like, this city won't help anybody. And I'm like, it's Joker. <laughs> this could have been in Gotham. Yeah. <laughs> Batman jumps through the window. Uh, so then it just cuts. And he puts a boob on the And he obviously he killed her. Yeah. But And then he's walking down the street and he sees a parked cop car and the cop's like interrogating somebody in the alley. So he just, under the windshield wiper, the back windshield wiper, he just pops her boob. Yep. And then he walks off. And, uh, and then he runs over a lady in this one. I want to because no, I think it is in the second one. No, because I think before the fourth one, because he dates, he has like two blonde ladies. I'm pretty sure if I remember correctly, there's the one that he like cuts the boob off of, and there's one that he just strangles. Yeah, uh, and it's the time that he is. Uh, because he like strangles the one because I know that it's a different apartment she lives in because her apartment's much like cleaner while the one with the boob was at like a trashier part of town uh but yeah uh I think I think it either happened fourth or it might have happened. I don't know if it happened before or after the boob. I don't quite remember. But, uh, yeah. He yeah, strangles it's part of the woman. fourth. I think it's part of the fourth, I guess, because the fifth is only that one. So it's either part of the fourth or maybe the third, I guess, after the kids. But he does kill another woman and uh, and the lady that he just runs over. Yeah. And then, like, that's when he's like, and that's when I started getting, like, more dangerous. I think it was the third then because that would make more sense. Yeah, and he like takes them back to the apartment after they're frozen and like poses them and to take more like b like better shots of it. Yeah, he's like my OCD's and he's, been going he's like, away. I don't yeah, even like, clean up. The I realized that like sometimes the best attempt to like hide is hiding in plain sight. So then he just starts running across. Like, yeah. there's a woman in an apartment you can see, and he just, like, is running, and she just, like, is looking, just conveniently, like, looking the other way each time, and then, like, turns, and then he, like, runs fast again. Yeah. And he's not even looking. He's just going for it. Mm -hmm. <sighs> um, so then we cut to the fifth incident. He's... He's he's gotten really bold. He's like, ah, this is the... This is it. He runs, He's like, this is my big finish kind of thing. Because, yeah. you know, he does he does realize that the cops are getting closer every day, but he wants to do something crazy. So he, like, it opens up with him, like, driving his van up to his freezer, and it, there's a black man in the back of his van, like, uh, handcuffed. And he's like, I'm going to fucking shoot you unless you do what I say. 
you know, like unhandcuffs him and handcuffs him behind his back and then go in the freezer and there's a row of like four other men on like like a like a bench. Yeah, like all like that. their heads are all like right next to each other in like a line, they're all like bent over and like tied like that. And he puts it there. And right before this he had like bought a bullet. Or he bought a bunch of bullets and they were supposed to be full metal jacket. And he's like telling them, he's like, this full metal jacket will pierce through all of your skulls. And I just, I wanted to see that happen. One line, I want to see one bullet. Because he was talking about how in like World War One, uh, they needed to conserve ammo. So they would get like prisoners and like tie them together and like shoot them all at once kind of thing. Yeah. And they're like, why don't you just use like a ha- an axe? Just like in, in the war, like. To execute people. Like, what's the point? If you want to conserve ammo, don't use ammo. <laughs> yeah. But then uh, the the guy he just brought, brought in, the black guy, he's like, sir, that's not a full metal jacket. And he's like, what the fuck did you say to me? And it turns out it isn't. It, the box had been mislabeled. So he, like, drives back to the, the ammo shop and the guy, like, won't sell it to him. He's like, I can't do it. And he's like, obviously, you know, something's up. So he, like, runs out. And he drives to, like, his old friend's house. Yeah. I want to say the guy's name is, like, Ray. And he's, like, in a bathrobe. Yeah. And he's, like, I know what you did. And he thinks he did, like, a robbery. He doesn't even know about the murders. So he's, like, and he has a gun pointed at him. So he can't really do anything. So he's, like, I just, I'm glad it was you. And they're, like, talking. And he's trying to be buddy-buddy with the dude. And the dude tries to hand him a drink. And uh, Matt Dillon has a knife on him. He stabs it into his into his chin, like into his head from down below his chin. Yep. And uh, then he takes a singular full metal jacket board. Yeah, and he loads it up, but then uh, he wants to get more room. So he finally like unlocks the door that's been lo- behind him, like the entire time that's been like stuck. He like finally just is like, well, I really need this door open now. And the police are right behind him. They're like outside. <laughs> He's yeah. like, I gotta do this right. Um, so he like opens it with like a pipe. He's able to finally like pry it open, and it's like dark. And he starts putting it in. As he as he's aiming to like get it in focus, he hears a guy behind him. Yeah, he's like, what the fuck? And he turns it on, and there's Virgil just sitting there, being like, Hey, how's it going? And oh yeah, so like a giant important aspect of the movie. Throughout this entire thing, he's been talking to Virgil about how he's trying to build a house. He yeah. bought, like, this foundation. He had bought this land. And he was trying to build this. Uh, but it just never worked out for him. It just was always uh, too... It just never... The material was always bad. And Virgil's like, well, you have the material here. So then instead of killing these guys, he's like, you're right. So, and as police are trying to get through the door, he's like... <laughs> He builds a little house out of all the dead, bo- frozen dead bodies he has. Yep. And it looks great. Yeah, it did look pretty good. <laughs> I I mean, it looked stupid and corny, but, but I mean, the bodies looked fine. Yeah. I mean, that's what I like the movie because it has such weird tonal shifts. And personally, I thought they worked because I'm just like, this is so bizarre. But I like bizarre things. So I'm like, aha. This must be why everybody likes JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, because it's bizarre. Pretty much. I haven't seen JoJo's yet. Well, no, I've seen the first four episodes, I think. Oh. I thought they were pretty middling, so I haven't watched anymore. I will eventually. 
Maybe the, after Lars von Trier does like a live action adaptation. The first part's pretty rough. Yeah, that's what I've heard. But I don't like skipping things either, so. Good call. Um, yeah, so then he's like, well, time to go. And Virgil jumps into a hole in the back of the, of the little house he made. Yep. And Matt Dillon follows him. The guys are still alive. He didn't end up killing them. So they're, they're good. Yeah. And then, and then it, that's pretty much it. He goes into the afterlife. They're walking. And this whole time they've been talking about philosophy and like what it means to make art and stuff like that. And there's some pretty good conversations here and there. Like it was some decent stuff. I like Virgil a lot. Like the actor that played him. I thought it was pretty good. Um, and they're walking and they go to the very bottom of hell, like the last pit. And he's like, well, you wanted to see everything. So I brought you down here, but don't worry. You actually believe it or not. Don't belong down here. Even though he killed like probably by that time, like a hundred people. Um, but they're on a broken bridge. Yep. And Matt Dillon sees on the other end of the bridge, a staircase going up. He's like, where does that go? He's like, Oh, that goes up to heaven. <laughs> He's like, well, could I just climb around? Like, there's a big, like, sheer, like, mountain face yeah. that goes around. And you Virgil's can, like, you yeah. can try, but no one succeeded, but it's your call. And Matt Dell's like, I'll take my chances. Because I guess he would rather go to the worst hell than, like, a really bad hell and try to get to heaven. So... The movie ends with him, like, trying to crawl across, and then right as he hits the middle, he starts to, like, slip, and he can't find a new foothold, and he, like, starts to fall into this, like, endless abyss of, like, waterfalls of lava, and and then just suddenly, as he, like, as he, like, disappears from the screen, hard cut to credits, and hit the road jack starts, like, blaring. Yep. And I don't know about you, but I also laughed at that. I thought it was a pretty good cut. Uh, it was a pretty big cut. I don't, I don't think I laughed. I, I enjoyed it. I, I was like, that's, that's really, I thought it was like, with the ending they were going for, I thought that was the perfect way to like cut it. I'm like, <laughs> genius. <laughs> but yeah, what were, so th- th- I've talked about, the, I talked about the movie. I set the plot. What were your problems with it besides that first scene? Uh... Yeah, I just guessing you don't like the tonal inconsistencies. I didn't like the tonal inconsistencies. Okay. I didn't like any of the character logic. Like, the, I mean, it's a, serial killers never make sense to me. But I, I get what you're saying. Well, I, or do you mean just the stupid people, or uh, a little bit of both? Okay, because uh, I've been like reading, obviously, like the Mind Hunter book and yeah. Johnny Douglas's stuff. So I've been like reading a lot about like serial killer psychology recently. Yeah. And uh, so it's a little odd. It's a little off from what I've read about. Well, yeah, because he was sophisticated. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, uh, yeah. Well, like, I think he was supposed to be unlike other serial killers, too, because he's like, yeah, I know I'm a fucking psychopath. And a lot of people don't, well, I guess. Uh, that, that was a line that I kind of, like, questioned. I mean, a I lot of A lot of psycho... Not all of them, but a lot of psychopaths. No, they lies there. Psychopaths. I yeah, mean, look I'm at sure like not, Ed Kemper, for example. He knows what's up. Yeah. He uh, reminds me of you. Oh wow! Uh, I'm thanks. just kidding. <laughs> uh, n- there's a guy I went to high school with who doesn't remind me of the real Ed Kemper, but he reminds me of the actor who plays Ed Kemper in Mindhunter. 
Uh, I won't say his name on here, though, because I don't want to, like, name drop him. Uh, Pierre. No. Yeah, the tonal inconsistencies, the character logic from both ends, whether it was the victim or the serial killer. Yeah, uh, like, it was understandable. I mean, it's, like... I don't necessarily, like, fault, like, the, the third woman, like, the one that goes on the date. Like, if they've been dating and she trusts him, like, it, I don't think there was anything I really thought, wrong with that. I one. thought the further the movie went on, the better it got. Like, yeah. I most of the rough sailing was in the beginning, but once, like, the film kind of, like, started, like, revealing its true colors, it was like, okay, I... Yeah. I see what it's going for, at least. Well, like, and but then there's, some, there's some, like, and then later he just starts, like, yeah, no, I agree. But I, I think that later it does get better. Like, the woman he just runs over, like, she she didn't do it. She would, she had her light on. She was doing everything right. Like, yeah. walking at night. And he's just like, woo-hoo-hoo, time to kill. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, yeah, uh, I thought this movie was way too fucking long for what it was. Maybe it's just because, like, when movies are cut up into sections, they I just can, like, digest it a lot easier. Even if I watch it in one sitting, if, like, I see, like, it's five parts and it says chapter one or whatever, first incident, it's just, like, it flows better for me. Like, so I was fine with the length. Like, but, uh, because whenever whenever something like that happens, my mind just kind of, even if I'm watching it in one sitting, I just, it just kind of resets. So each incident was just like a little mini movie for me. And I'm like, oh, time for the next one. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know for sure this happened in the movie, but going into it, I saw the house of corpses coming. I was like, he's going to build a house out of dead yeah. people. So why wouldn't they? That's what the title insinuates. The house the Jack <laughs> When halfway through the movie, he hasn't built a single fucking house. And it's like, well, he's got a lot of dead people. I, th- I was hoping they would do that or just not build the house at all and be like, Lars Bontrier is a liar. Yeah. The house he built was his house of... Uh, Lies. Yes. His house of deception. <laughs> his horrible deception that he's not very good at in the beginning. Yeah. Of the huh. Okay. Well, then, what did you give the film? I will give this film a four. Wow. I'm going to give this film an eight. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I, I don't know what it was. I was just like, I just had a lot of fun the whole time. <laughs> I think a big part of why I dislike it so much is because uh, I watched Antichrist before it. And then I watched oh, me this. Too. And but, I was like. But I had seen Antichrist before, so I wasn't like necessarily comparing them. But yeah, they're very, very different movies. Yes. Yes, they are. Yeah. But our, our average is still six. So you should go watch <laughs> Okay, so um, next week is going to be like, I think it'll be coming out like the 30th, like right before Halloween, so. Uh, let's see. So this comes out. No, I, th- I think the next one will be coming out like the 27th or 28th. Or 28th. 28th. Yeah. So just right around Halloween, though. I, I was but, thinking about like the, the real time that we were shooting. Like, that's not right. I'm like, oh, wait, th- th- this comes out like a week after we record it. So I guess. By time the viewers listen to it, it will be next week is uh, the final October episode. You yes. have uh, you have your classic pick. Then? Yes, uh, mine pick is uh, the Church. 
Okay. It's, uh, let me, let me tell you a little about it. It's from 1989. It's by this guy named Michel so- Um He was, like, supposedly one of the prodigies of, like, Dario Argento. Okay. So, like, he, Dario Argento uh, wrote the screenplay for this with him. So, and I've heard it's pretty epic. Goblin does the composition for it as well. Oh, fantastic. At least, uh, there's there's a bunch of composers for it. Goblin does part of it. Okay. Um, so, and I've, I've heard it's pretty funky fresh. Pretty pretty swagalicious. I believe it's on Prime Video. So, yeah. And that's from 1989. It's like an hour and 40 minutes. Not too long. And for it's kind of spooky, kind of fun. So, yeah. All right. What about your your pick? Uh, it's a movie from two thousand two called Bubba Hotep. Is that the one with fucking uh, Bruce Campbell? Is that a is that a horror movie? Uh, I mean, kind of. Yes. It's like a horror comedy. Okay. Yeah, it's a horror comedy. Okay. Uh, so it's about Elvis fighting like zombies or something, or it's about. So, uh, Bruce, is he actually Elvis or is he an Elvis impersonator? It's open to interpretation because he isn't in this retirement home and he says that he is the real Elvis, but about halfway through his career, uh, he got like really tired of the lifestyle and the So he had thing. somebody else like pretend. So he hired an Elvis impersonator uh. to take over for him. And now he's at this retirement home because he had like a contract that said he could take back his life at any time, but it burned up in a barbecue. So now he's just old Elvis at a retirement home and uh, mummy is going around and sucking the soul out souls out of the residence at night. And uh, so Elvis Presley and a black guy in a wheelchair who thinks he's uh John F. Kennedy are trying to stop uh, this mummy that is terrorizing the retirement home. I think it's pretty great. I love this Okay, It's weird. It's off the wall. I'm Uh, excited. It's probably my favorite uh, non-evil Dead Bruce Campbell role. Oh, he did Phantasm, the director. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which I've been meaning to watch. He also did the the 2012 adaptation of John Dies at the End. Oh. Which one of my ex-girlfriends loved and I watched like four times. And I'm like, this was okay. <laughs> I think I watched like the first two minutes and I got really off-put by the CGI. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, those are our picks and we'll see you guys in, in a week. Yep. Yeehaw. Stay spooky. Tell your grandma. Bye. Adios.